Okay, so we, there's a lot of things that have changed uh, in this podcast recently. The name has changed. Uh, We're changing the formats of the episodes around a little bit. We're changing, well, we're changing the structure of the episodes and we're changing the formats of the episode around just a little bit. So first and foremost, what that means is that we are, well, you probably already noticed that the beginning of the episode is starting with like a spicy little blurb of what you can expect to come in the rest of the episode. And then uh, we're moving into the format of guest episodes is going to slightly change. So we're going to be moving into a period of, (laughs) of having one, just one recurring guest over and over again. So that's Steve who's been on the episode, who's been on the podcast twice already. We record episodes in We've recorded more episodes than that. I think he's been on twice. So we're, yeah, we're moving to having a recurring guest plus me because Steve and I are doing a fun little project together. So that's going to be happening on this podcast. And then other guest episodes, which probably will happen at some point. I'm balancing like still doing my solo episodes with doing podcast with doing guest episodes. But when I start to have one-off guests back on, then that's going to, the format's going to change also so that every guest is recurring in some way so that every guest will get two episodes. One will be more origin story focused, like what, how we've been doing it. It's more, it's been a lot more storytelling, but then the second half of the episode will be about some type of framework around how they're doing business better because that's what the this podcast has changed to be about. I I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but I know that it's like visionaries, disruptors, trailblazers, etc., who are doing business better. That's the whole tag of the podcast. So that's going to be the second part of the episode. How they got to where they're at so that it's still hearing the the story and the evolution of a business owner who is already scaling, who has already gotten to the multi-six figure or seven or beyond mark. And then also some type of structural framework that they're going to be, that they have successfully implemented in their business and they can teach more on. So we're going to get the storytelling and the teaching going. Isn't that fun? What I want to talk about today though, is the three biggest things that are going to hold your revenue back from growing. And this wound up sort of becoming its own whole masterclass when I type this out. So this is probably going to turn into maybe not a series, maybe a series. Now that I'm saying it, maybe I want it to be a series. I have these realize that when I say things out loud, I'm like, oh, that's, I realize that's what actually I want to do. <laughs> so I think maybe it's going to turn into a series. Stay tuned, but it's definitely going to get broken into more episodes. There is going to be a series coming up on passive revenue, passive income. I did a survey while I was gone. Uh, well, I had like two weeks that were off. And I had a survey that was going through those two weeks. And the, the thing that was like constantly, it was, I think almost every single person answered somewhere in that survey of like, how can I be of more help? What questions do you have, et cetera, et cetera. Almost every single person said passive revenue. So we're going to do a passive revenue series uh, because we like to talk about that. And it's, I think it's going to be interesting. So that's definitely going to be a series. This... <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna just touch on the primary bullet points for today on the three biggest things that are gonna hold back your revenue from being able to actually grow, and then we'll go more in depth. I'll fi- like I said, I figure things out as I say them, <laughs> so I'll figure them out as I say it. Well, well, let's reconvene. Let's 
I don't I don't really like to use this phrase, but let's circle back to what's going to happen with this at the end of this episode. Well, I'll have made up my mind after I talked about it. So the first thing that will hold your revenue back from being able to grow if you do this is absolutely when you overcomplicate and undercharge. And that is, it's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole masterclass. We do a whole masterclass on this. So the first, the first thing that I see when you are, okay, you start your business, you overcomplicate things by like really trying to read far too, far too much into everything. How many times a day should I be posting? How, or how many times a week should I be posting? What should I be doing with this? What should I be doing with that? What should I be doing with the other? It doesn't matter. Like you got to test, you, you just got to test things, but then you overcomplicate by starting to overcustomize. Can I tell you the amount of overcustomization that happens when I see people who are like, oh, we've started to make some money. We've got some clients. We're consistently working with some clients. We're making two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month. It's cool. And all this, wow, we don't really have any time to do anything else. Do you want to know why? Because you're over customizing everything. Um, let me add more packages. Let me now have an easy tier to opt into, a mid-level tier, and then a more advanced tier so that I can help anyone no matter where they're at. I will have a solution for them. Let me tell you, you're going to over-customize yourself into the ground. You're not going to, and you're not going to be able to grow because you don't have time to do anything else. So while I also hear, but my clients love it. So why your clients love it? And I'm sure they do. Why? Why do you have to, why do you have to be doing that? And then this, it's just going to continue with a product suite when you're like, okay, cool. Then I won't, I won't over-customize everything. Or it's even better when there's it, when it's not even like an entry, a mid, and a more advanced tier. When it just becomes like cool, like you just tell me what you want, and I'm going to build the entire thing to spec. Woof, <laughs> that's a that's a lot. So, and when I say don't do it, let me tell you how I used to do it. So, <laughs> now it's very I don't do that anymore because you just don't have enough time. So you either you you need more infrastructure to be able to do that kind of stuff. Like I understand if you're working with maybe a corporation who you've sort of got to do it their way, or you're like, there's no way you're going to book the book, the gig. It's a little different. If you have a business, I guess here's the better way of saying this. If you have a business that operates where you respond to RPFs or RFPs rather than that, which is a request for proposal. If you're primarily operating on a model that responds in that way, then like you're going to, they, but they, then they're telling you what they need. Anyhow, when you're setting the own, your own structure to your packages, like don't, don't over customize them. Instead, before you get to that point, and before you start over customizing everything to death, why don't you start looking at how you can get the best that you can get at selling that one thing and charging the price that you really want to be charging to do that thing. So instead of saying, well, I'm, let's say I am, I'm planning events. Hi, Ryan. If you're, if you're listening to this, I didn't say that because I feel like you're doing this. We're moving away from doing this. So if you are, if you're, if you're doing events and you're like, I've got, also, I would never plan an event for this amount of money. If you, if you're like, I've got a $250 version of my event, and then I've got a thousand dollar version of my event. And then I've got a $2,500 version of my event planning packages. Instead of saying like, well, I'm going to create that $250 one so that someone who who just like comes who who just needs me to like come in and work for an hour or two can still get access to me and like that's fair because it's a couple hours of my time and that's worth 250 bucks for me or whatever well that's why don't we get really good at selling the $2500 thing and then get really good at selling it maybe at the price you want it to be, which might be more like 5,000 or 7,500. And I'm not, this is not me saying like, I think you should go raise your prices two, three X 
five, five X, 10 X. It's not about like raise your price, raise your price, raise your price. But if you are, if you know you're undercharging, if you know that you're on the lower end of the spectrum from where people who are typically in your niche are charging, then like, do you want to be charging that? If yes, then great. If you want to make more impact, you want to serve more people so that you can be really accessible, then that's you have a lot, you have logic behind that. But if you're like, no, I really wish that I could actually be making more, then you got to figure out how to sell it better. And that's really what it comes down to. And then this just continues as, as your, as your business grows and you're like, okay, well now I'm six, six, multi six figures. Let me keep adding offers because now I want, that's what, you know, we have to increase our offer suite, our product suite. Like it just continues to overcomplicate. And what I sent an email about this recently, if you continue, like if you hit seven figures and you've got seven different things in your product suite, you're going to be either so burnt out or you're, you're going to have to cut back. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work well. So overcomplicating and undercharging. We'll come back to the charging thing in a different one. That will be a different episode. The second thing is having a lack of understanding around automating parts of your business. And this can come down to a, several different things. One of them is being just completely allergic to automating anything. If you are like funnel is a dirty word, I absolutely will not do Facebook ads. The thing that I find really fascinating about like, I just won't do Facebook ads is, which is fine. You don't have to do Facebook ads, but the th- I've seen probably five different times in this last week that we, if you're using Facebook ads, like something that you're probably experiencing right now is that your lead cost is astronomical and because of all the iOS 14 updates. And that either, when I see something like that, it tells me either this person is not even trying to run ads, which is fine. They don't have to, or they're using really outdated information or they're repurposing a post from a couple years ago. Cause I've never seen, I've never seen ad costs so low as they are right now. And it's because we, I've talked about this in other episodes, but like the thing, the people who spend the most on ads are like really, really big companies. So like your Nikes or your what Amazons or whatever, like they retarget, they spend a lot of money retargeting. They spend a lot of money on visibility and awareness ads. So they're spending a huge chunk of their advertising budget running ads on Facebook and Instagram just to keep them top of mind so that when somebody does decide, oh, it's time to buy a new pair of running shoes, they're going to naturally go buy Nikes. And then they spend a bunch of money retargeting you. And probably now I'm going to get retargeted for Nikes or for Amazon or for something (laughs) because I've just said it and my phone is listening. So that's where, but they're not spending as much because the, the economy is different. So when the big players at the top stop spending the way that they normally do. It makes room for the little guys, the littler guys to actually come in and get a much better ad cost. So that was sort of a tangent that I just went on, but like, you don't have to do ads, but don't use the excuse that they're too expensive because that's not the case. Like, especially right now, it is not the case. I'm personally getting ads and I have a much more targeted client because I don't want people opting in who don't already have some type of structure for selling and marketing in their business. They should be already working with clients. So I tend to have a little bit higher cost per lead, but I'm still getting them five, six, seven dollars. Like really nothing's costing me more than $10 per lead, which I'll take all day long. But my clients who are more open to like, sure, you can, you know, they want more of the newbies. It's more of a general business owner audience, still qualified leads. They're getting from for like two bucks 
I mean, that's really, that's extraordinary. Like I haven't seen lead costs like that in a long time. So again, I digress. I'm, I'm a big fan of Facebook ads. You don't have to use them, but I'm a big fan. You also don't have to use them if you work with me. I really could not care less what you choose to do one way or another, as long as you have something that works for you. But yeah, you're just allergic to doing it. And then you have not, if you don't have, it doesn't have to be with ads, but if you have no way of like helping someone along in the process where you personally are not having to use your time, energy, and efforts to make it happen, then like your business is, it's just a lot. It's going to, it's at some point you're going to hit the time for money ceiling because you're just not going to have any time to do anything else. The same thing goes if you are trying to automate, systemize, or delegate things that are not yet working. It's not the best idea where you're like, um, well, I really don't like, I don't really have a marketing system yet, but like, let me try to outsource my copy. Even though I don't have validated messaging, let me try and outsource my social media management, even though social media really isn't converting or even attracting leads for me. Like, what do you think the social media manager is going to be able to help you with unless they are actually social media strategists? It's a very different type of thing and it's going to cost you more money. So when you're trying to automate, systemize, or delegate things that are not actually validated for you yet, it's going to wind up costing you more money and more time. And it's not what I recommend. Instead of having someone who is coming in to innovate for you, you don't want to innovate with your systems or with your team. You instead want to be able to replicate, replicate things that are already working. And then lastly here is that you're trying to switch to passive income way too soon. So we're going to just, we're going to table that one for the passive income series. But when you try to switch to passive income too soon, when you're like, oh, I'm making some money and I'm starting to hit that time for, for income ceiling. And so I think I need to switch to passive or I need to start incorporating passive. There's a really good chance that you're not going to be happy with the result because it passive income is not passive at first. And I'm going to button it there. The third and last thing that will hold you back from growing your revenue is ignoring one or more of the key ingredients to business. So I believe that there are three key ingredients to, biz to business. You, If you do not get really good at one of these, you're not going to ever even be able to get your business off the ground. Those three things are vision, growth, and money. To start, you've got to get good at one of them. To be able to grow, you're probably going to have to be good at two of them, or you need someone who has a complementary skill set to yours that's helping you to grow. Like this might be where this is where you're going to hire someone to help if you if you don't have that secondary skill, et cetera. And to really be able to scale, you've got to have you have to have all three. So when I say vision, I mean, you need clarity on where you're going and you need the mindset to be able to get you there. So if you don't have this in the beginning, you need to have some type of emotional or energetic intelligence to understand that you are capable of doing this. Like you've got to have enough belief. I'd like to say that you've got to have like delusional belief. You've got to have so much unbelievable delusion around the belief that you can make this work in the face of any odd that comes your way, or you're probably going to fizzle out before you get there because your brain has to be on board. And if your brain can't get on board, you're not going to pass go. So you've got to have some semblance of a vision for what you want and where you're trying to go with something. You've got to have clarity and you've got to have some type of direction. Then on the growth side, this typically looks like strategy. If you, are you, if you are someone who doesn't have, if you're like, I've got the vision all day long, but I don't actually understand like how to start to put that in place. Like I understand what the end goal is, but I don't know, I don't know what to do first or second or third. Then you need someone to help with growth because they're going to have more of a strategic mind. If you're someone who starts where you're really strategic, but you lack that growth, you're probably still also going to be able to find a way to get your business off the ground. You've got to have one somewhere to be able to get off the ground. And then lastly, that money piece really comes down to, do you have financial intelligence? Do you understand how to make money work for you? And this is where I see most business owners struggle the long 
longest. And it's what keeps it what's it's what keeps people on um I call it I call it like the goldfish financials, financial goldfish syndrome or goldfish financial syndrome. I can't remember I can't remember what I call can't remember what I call my own thing. But it's where essentially a goldfish will always adapt and continue to grow as large as its environment allows. Same thing for a lot of other invertebrates. And if you don't have an understanding of how you can essentially rein in your environment, you're never going to you're never going to stop just hemorrhaging money basically. There's a lot of else that goes into financial intelligence around understanding how to look for what are actually your money makers through profit and things like that. So, that's where I'm going to leave that you need one of those you you need one or more of those key ingredients to be able to start and then grow and then scale. So maybe I'll do a little bit more on that because I liked I liked that one. So this probably is going to turn into a little bit more. I would love it if you sent me a message and said, please talk more about this one thing that was interesting so that I know what you want me to talk more about. But those are generally the three biggest things that are going to hold you back from growing. To recap, one, overcomplicating and undercharging. Two, a lack of understanding of automating your business in some way, shape, or form. And three is ignoring one or more of vision, growth, or money. At some point, it's going to hold you back. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you enjoy the new format. I would love to hear from you, and I will catch you in the next one. Well, friend, we have reached the end of another episode. But before you go, I wanted to ask if you found this episode helpful, inspirational, or insightful, or hopefully a little bit of all three. And if so, I would really appreciate your leaving a five-star review or sharing it with your friends on social media. And if you do, I would love to send you a complimentary copy of my month-by-month yearly planning template, which is kind of the greatest spreadsheet of all time. (laughs) I love making spreadsheets. It's amazing to organize what you're planning, what you're promoting, and what you're preparing. It'll organize your launches, your content, what your team should be working on if you've got a team. And it includes a video training to get you going with the with the template. And all you've got to do is take a screenshot of your review and then tag me on Instagram in a story, or you can DM it to me at Sustainable Scaling. I appreciate your support so much, and I will catch you in the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,